Yo, what's going on, Internet? The Black Kage here, aka TVAs. And to be honest, I'd like to welcome you guys back to my show called Hokage Thoughts, the show where ain't no hoes, but we do think out loud here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you choose to listen to this show. Today, in which I'm recording this episode, is February 15th, 2020. And I hope you had a lovely evening with your significant other for Valentine's Day. If you didn't, Oh, well, not my problem that your dick was dry because mine wasn't. Now, before we get into the show, uh, <laughs> just know that uh, if you enjoy the show, make sure to rate this. I got something on my damn eyelash. Whatever. Just know that you should rate the store. I can't talk. Ah! Just know that you should rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps to move my show up the algorithm, which brings in new listeners if you want to financially support the show. Once again, Five stars, Apple Podcasts, rate this podcast. Also, if you want to financially support the show, head over to redcircle.com slash Hokage Thoughts. You can donate whatever amount that you see fit. That is redcircle.com slash Hokage Thoughts. If you guys want to donate to the show and help keep your boy financially afloat because you're enjoying all this free content. Um, It's Black History Month. If you're watching the video version, you know I got my Kofi on, got my Kente Club Kofi, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Got that Black History and shit. So I thought we'd start the podcast off with a little bit of Black History. Let me go ahead and show y'all something that's been going on on the internet, man. Like, y'all probably thinking for some life updates. I ain't got nothing for you. Check this shit out right here, internet. Oh, my God. <sighs> this tweet comes from One United Bank. Our limited edition Harriet Tubman Visa debit card is a symbol of Black empowerment don't miss out hashtag get the card today hashtag harriet tubman hashtag black history month with the fist hashtag bank black so for those of you unaware if you're not even seeing the video version which by the way the video version is available at youtube.com slash the black okage um one one united bank released a debit card for black history month with a picture of harriet tubman on it um, and this one is causing a ruckus because I mean, yes, Harriet Tubman is, you know, black history or whatever, but the problem here is that, uh, she's doing like the Wakanda forever thing. And we're trying to figure out what the fuck the black community is. The black delegation is trying to figure out what does Wakanda have to like Wakanda's cool, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's Marvel, but it's not real. So what the fuck does that? I I'm pretty sure Harriet Tubman didn't know what the heart-shaped herb did they didn't know what powers it did i'm pretty sure harriet tubman was just trying to free slaves so nobody nobody's really fucking with this this shit just looked goofy as hell um what this made me think of is like the the, the term okay boomer like uh this is one of those turns this is one of those times where like you could tell like some older black folks and for all we know it might have might have even been some black folks but i mean this is a black owned bank i think and i'm gonna get to that in a second um i think it was some older black folks this looks like some shit some boomers did they were sitting in the boardroom was like all right how can we get more people to bank black and i think i think uh black folks you know if you do have a black bank in your neighborhood you should bank black because a lot of times the we face discrimination when it comes to getting loans like for those of you unaware when you want to start your own business like white folks or whoever they don't i mean some of them got money but most you know like middle class when they want to start a business they go to the bank that's what banks are for we put all our money in the bank and then the bank loans that money out to people that they think they can get back their money and interest in the form of you know supporting a local business or whatever but a lot of times you know uh black folks we uh, go fight wars for this government we come back and we can't get loans on houses and businesses and shit like that um and a lot of people think that the solution would be to you know bank black 
there's not a lot of bank black banks but if you have one in your city you'll be you'll you'll be less likely to face discrimination you'll be more likely to get that loan that you want so that you can start your business so you know just some food for thought you know bank black if you have one in your neighborhood in your city or whatever um but this shit at the end of the, that just because you bank in black don't mean y'all can't be criticized just because it's a black owned bank don't mean this shit can't be sort this shit look goofy as hell um and it, what's especially bad like i said is this one united bank um According to their Twitter, we're America's largest black owned bank working to empower the communities we serve. Um, and it just it just feels like they're out of touch. It was like a old bunch of old 50, 60, 70 year old black folks sitting in the boardroom like, yo, what are the black kids like now these days? Oh, Wakanda forever. And then everybody knows Harriet Tubman. So they just I got an idea. Let's combine Marvel and Harriet Tubman. And it's like, nah, bro. Um, also, I don't like. <sighs> Listen, shout out to Harriet Tubman for every, everything she did, but this is, I just don't like the way this debit card looks either. If we're talking about strictly from a aesthetic standpoint, like, um, why can't, I'm tired of slave movies. I'm tired of slave talk. If we gonna move forward as black folks, I mean, like, I'm just sick of this shit. Can, can, why couldn't we put like, I don't know, like some big black billionaire on the card or some shit like that? Something, I don't know. It would have inspired me more. I'm, I don't want to see a slave on my damn debit card. Like it makes me feel like I'm a slave to your bank and I don't I don't want to do that. So but I have to say, you know, one funny thing that did come out of this whole situation with the Harriet Tubman debit card is and you know, black folks, y'all don't ever take nothing serious on the internet. Everything's a fucking meme, everything is a fucking joke. And sometimes it can be annoying, but then sometimes I'm here for it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the moments where I am here for it. Look at this shit that I seen on Twitter. This came across my timeline. Hashtag happy black history month. Um, listen, if you're listening to just the audio, please check out the video version at youtube.com slash the black Hokage so you can see this shit, but I will try to describe it to you if you can't get to the video version. Uh, basically there's this, there's this infamous, just amazing music video in the black community known as Nelly's tip drill. Uh, it used to come on when I was a wee little lad on BT uncut. You might've be familiar with it. They would be basically, you know, late night music video porn. Uh, rap videos and one of the most infamous videos in BET uncut history was Nelly's and the St. Lunatics tip drill. It must be her ass because it ain't her face. I need a tip drill. I need a tip drill. And it was just ass and titties everywhere. When I was a youngin, this video was fucking amazing. And honestly, one of the most iconic parts of this music video was when Nelly, Nelly, took his debit credit card i'm not sure which one it was some type of you know financial institution card there he took his credit card and he slid it down the giant buttocks of a stripper's ass and said Ka-ching! just an amazing amazing moment in music video history uh somebody photoshopped a picture of nelly smiling with the debit card and sliding it down her ass but he changed the debit card to the harriet tubman one because Hey, it's funny, and be honest, if they really come out with this Harriet Tubman fucking debit card, this is what you niggas probably is going to do. So I thought this shit was funny. Um, it's OD, but listen, man, the internet is fucking funny, bro. This shit only got 132 likes. This shit should have went viral. This shit was funny. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. Um, fucking. All right, I'm done talking about that goofy ass shit. That was just some quick ass news, the Harriet Tubman debit card, if you haven't seen that shit. Can we get some other like American black heroes and say, why not? Why not put like the Tuskegee Airmen on the debit card? That shit would be fly, pun intended. 
Um, <laughs> that shit would be fly. Yo, this podcast is lit. Yo, rate this shit five stars on Apple Podcasts. I just came, I just came, yo, I just dropped a bar off the top of my head. Anyways, um, so it wasn't a lot of news. Uh, I, and honestly, I did not know what I was going to talk about on this episode, but, uh, I love, I less, I asked on Twitter, um, for some topic suggestions and questions and you guys came through. Like sometimes like you guys don't have a lot of questions, but there were a lot of freaking questions. So this episode is going to be pretty question heavy. It's going to be a lot of Q and a, but there were a few gaming stories that we can get into it. So before we get into the Q and a part and I answer some of your guys questions and like topics and stuff, uh, there's a little bit of gaming news that I want to get into. And the first of which is, is I have to ask the question is E3 dead. I swear we at, we, we asked this like a million times a day, a day, a million times a year. We got to answer it again. Is E3 dead? And this time, the reason I'm asking is because industry veteran Jeff Keighley tweeted this out. I wanted to share some important news about my plans around E3 2020. And it's a screenshot of something he typed out on his phone. I will read it to you guys. Um, A statement from Jeff Keighley on E3. For the past 25 years, I have attended every electronic entertainment expo covering, hosting and sharing E3 uh, has been has been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to open. I need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about price. I cannot fucking talk about what precisely what to expect from me. I've made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum for the first time in 25 years. I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and other events in the future. This is a major blow to E3, man. And if you guys don't understand, let me give you the timeline. Let me help you understand, right? It all started, honestly, with, like, Nintendo. First of all, can we give Nintendo their flowers? They were ahead of the game. Everybody made fun of E3. Not E3. Everybody made fun of Nintendo for pulling out of E3 and doing their whole, what's it called, uh, Nintendo Direct, saying, this is dumb. Why would you pull out of E3? But they were ahead of the game. They understood the power of the internet, which is funny because they were the last to really get their consoles online but <laughs> they understood the power of the internet you know why spend millions of dollars on boosts at e3 when they can just go directly to the consumer and you know do a nintendo direct and show the fans what they want and also they can speak to who they want with less competition uh, there's a lot of problems with e3 um and now every company's doing it uh playstation state of the play they're doing that shit um and then for those unaware one of the reasons why companies are pulling out of e3 is it's just really expensive it costs millions of dollars to rent out a fancy booth on the E3 floor. And for what? So they can compete with hundreds of other companies that are also there. You're fighting for. Think about all the news that comes out during E3. Like as a, as a business, it's honestly not financially smart and it's not strategically smart to jump into the hornet's nest and just compete with all your fucking competition. You want to you want the lane to be as open as possible that so you can get to the consumers as quickly as possible. So they're paying millions of dollars for these booths at E3 um companies got tired of doing that shit and they're like for what when we can just use the power of the internet to broadcast to people um so then you had playstation pulling out nintendo pulled out um ea pulled out they do their own event ea does every year ea does ea play now for like the last three or four years where once again they do hold event in la but they get to control the message and it's nothing but ea games there they don't want to deal with the competition so if you want to play ea games early you got to go to ea play um don't be surprised if other companies start to pull out um the last big thing standing at e3 is microsoft with their it's pretty much the microsoft fucking show now it's not even e3 it's microsoft and then what like square enix and ubisoft and shit like that and 
like the thing about ubisoft is their games are good as of recent but do you does anybody really care about them at e3 they're good you you if there's one thing i know ubisoft is going to put out a million trailers for the game before it comes out so what they show at e3 honestly does not matter because they're going to spam your fucking inbox on youtube anyway so i could argue ubisoft is one foot out the door because they they've been utilizing the internet heavy too they be doing like whole 20 minute gameplay walkthroughs and shit like that showing you what the game is like but this is a big hit for the industry i think with jeff keighley and like for those you understand understand jeff keighley is the pope of mountain dew and doritos um <laughs> fucking uh he got i don't want to get to that that's another point uh if you're not familiar with who jeff keighley is he's the guy that hosts the uh the game awards show um every year in december uh the white dude and then also he does the e3 coliseum like you said and he said he's not going to do it he would be hosting a lot of on-air talent and stuff and talking about games at e3 and stuff so basically this is another show being pulled out of e3 and it's like it's only a, and what makes it worse is e3 from what i understand they really haven't done anything to tighten up their security there was a big data breach with e3 um a lot of people ended up i guess the site got hacked or something and a lot of people uh, a lot of industry people that work for websites and stuff they got their data leaked they got ddosed um and the e3 never really kind of answered how they're going to clean that up they never apologized or anything like that so a lot of big websites they're saying they're not attending because they can't trust them you go to their website to sign up to come to their event and your fucking info gets leaked so people don't want to fuck with that maybe jeff keely's worried about it you know his is people got families people do not need to know where i live because if you pull up you know i got a bat and I'm down south now for those of you unaware. I'm in Florida. You, I might pull up with the glizzy, boy. Stop fucking playing with me. So this sucks to see that there will be the even less content at E3. And this one really sucks because he he was producing online content. He was showing the games that are coming to E3, that are coming out next year, that are going to be at E3 and stuff. And that's not going to be broadcasted on Twitch and YouTube. So that's going to be less content for us coming out of E3. Um, I guess that's good for the competition, but if the, I don't know, I feel like E3 thrived on the fact that it did have a lot of competition. These companies are smartening up, so fucking, he's, I got this damn tip drill on the screen. So don't expect to see Jeff Keighley at E3. Just wanted to put that out there. It's kind of a big deal. It's, it's another domino to fall. It's only a matter of time before E3 is all the way the fuck up out of here. Um, the gaming, other piece of gaming news that I wanted to talk about was, um, I just wanted to prove how the community is hypocrites. Um, reports have come out that EA almost made a billion, I repeat, one billion dollars in microtransactions, not last year, last quarter, last fucking quarter, bro. All right, so let me read a little bit of this article. Um, gaming giant Electronic Arts reportedly earned for its holiday quarters last week and the company performed ahead of its expectations, in particular revenue from EA's microtransaction bucket called Live Series. Uh, reached one nearly one billion dollars. Um, as you can see in the chart below, EA made nine hundred and ninety-three million from live services during the quarter ended in December thirty-first. For the twelve months as a whole, EA made two point eight billion dollars from microtransactions and have and you can see it in the chart below. So basically, they made nine hundred million in the last quarter, and then a total of last year, twenty nineteen, they made two point eight billion dollars in fucking microtransactions. The reason I bought this story up is I just wanted to show y'all how motherfuckers is hypocrites, how some of the stuff people be saying online doesn't fucking matter and shit like that. Um, everybody swears they're, they hate microtransactions. Everybody swears they're not buying them. How the fuck did they make two point? They made almost $3 billion in microtrans. Mind you, if you don't understand how, why this is such a big deal, they didn't make almost $3 billion in fucking game sales. 
that this this does not include the games okay this does not include the fifa sales the madden sales star wars sales all the other ea games fucking apex legend like well that's a free-to-play game that's just straight microtransactions you, but you get the point it does not include the hard disk sales we're strictly talking about microtransactions add-ons what i'm trying to tell y'all josh i probably look into them ea stocks it might be a good time to invest but that's beside the point um <laughs> <laughs> because motherfuckers be on the internet or reddit talking about i'm never gonna buy a microtransaction i'm never gonna but you motherfuckers is buying them and you know the funny story time funny thing is i was at an ea event right this was last year oh it was ea play it was ea play and at ea play they had a um fucking thing that for all the content creators that they flew out that's a part of their ea game changers program because for those of you unaware i am an ea game changer um and they had a panel and the panel was about toxicity and gaming and I, I one of the reasons i hate going to these events and like panels and shit because they're all just fluff pieces bullshit circle jerks to make people feel better about themselves in the industry and make them feel like they're doing stuff but they don't be having no real fucking conversations and the conversation was just annoying me because the whole conversation the panel was about toxicity and gaming and how they think and basically they were asking the game changers how they think that we how you think we could help improve the gaming community so that it's less toxic first of all i love that toxic shit i think a lot of y'all are pussy uh, i ain't letting no nigga on no video game ruin my day but that's beside the point um they basically were saying you know we have to be nicer to each other you know women are getting bullied the gays are getting bullied fucking black people are getting bullied like the n-word's just flying every no shit people ain't shit online there's an anonymity and i'll be honest you really can't do that much about it and they were just giving all these reasons about why they think it was happening and how they think that you could improve it or whatever and then the conversation i was just irritated so i raised my hand and i was like check it out right I was like, you guys keep basically what EA was saying is one of the reasons why the community game community is so toxic is because of gamers or whatever. So I rose my hand and I said, I was like, yeah, that's true. Gamers are toxic. But I was like, let's talk about it. Let's t attack this toxicity thing at another angle. Don't you think your business practices at EA are increasing the toxicity in your gaming? And they were like, could you elaborate? Well, I was like, when you make Star Wars, what was it? Star Wars Battlefront 2? When you make that shit pay to win or any of your games like FIFA or Madden pay to win with those fucking pack openings and shit, you don't think that increases the toxicity in a sense that, you know, such and such bought like a hundred FIFA packs, like a thousand dollars worth of FIFA packs. So they have the best players in the ultimate team versus a kid who just bought FIFA. You know, this kid just that's all he could afford. He mowed he mowed lawns all summer so he could get FIFA and all he could afford was the game. He can't afford the microtransactions, but he has to go online and play against people that are buying microtransactions and next thing you know timmy is fucking shouting gamer words or cursing out that player um which increases the toxicity because it's not an even playing field so i was like you don't think that your business practices are part of the problem too you're sitting here pointing at the finger at me and everybody else in this room but you're part of the problem too and i swear to god if y'all could have seen the face everybody's face in the room everybody was looking at me like I, if you're watching the video version you'll see my face like the, the ea game changers that were in the room they was like mm, okay this this nigga's preaching like <laughs> they was giving that face like mm, okay 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 and then the the ea representatives the people that worked at ea that were on the stage that were talking to us they just their eyes they look like deer in the head like like oh my fucking god who flew this guy out because contrary to popular belief a lot of these fucking dumbass youtubers uh that had to run those hate channels or where they have nothing positive to say about gaming um you know what i'm talking about the, the people that all, all their thumbnails look the same and you know the dark truth about this game is the gaming industry you know those type of channels they are according to them ea game changers get paid out and we get free cocaine and strippers and get our dick sucked to play anthem and shit like that that's not the case um don't get me wrong 
there are people in the room that are just excited about um being flown out to events and getting hands on time with early with things early and being able to give their feedback there are people who are just excited to be in the room but there are also a lot of people in the room who are genuinely trying to make change and improve the games in the community and the problem is i mean you can only give so much feedback the, the bottom line is are these companies going to listen and ea don't be listen, listening they be listening to their fucking investors um what's making them money and shit so i just wanted to put that out there there do be people in the room and i'd definitely be one of those i'd be on as um but yeah the fucking ea representative on the stage is just like a good fucking deer in the head like get this fucking black out of here like he's just speaking too much truth so long story short it led to like an awkward moment like they she gave me like this runaround. She, she she was like, oh, that's 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 a very good point. Like she gave me this runaround answer. Didn't even really answer my fucking question. So I was like, whatever. Let's see what this. I see what this event's about to be about some fucking bullshit. Um, true story too. At the end of the fucking panel, because my question was the last one. Um, the room was like in shock. I'm walking out of the room, right? And this representative from EA pulls me to the side. He's like, hey. I was like, yeah. I was like, were you were you the guy that asked that question about like toxicity and like business practices with EA? He's like, yeah. Listen, man. I was like, yeah, he was like, listen, man, loved the question. Great insight. You're making a very valid point. But here's the thing, man, as someone who works at EA, you got to understand people love microtransactions. I swear to God, this dude sounded like, yo, real shit, real shit. This dude sounded like if you ever seen Avatar, the last airbender, if you remember the bossing say saga or the bossing say arc, you remember how like they were dealing with like espionage in the government um, and they were trying to cover things up almost like some North Korea type shit. Where like they were giving they were giving Avatar Aang and and Katara and everybody um a tour of Ba Sing Se and the tour was guided by a government agent and she was like everything is great in Ba Sing Se we don't have any problems but it was bullshit it was kind of like that like it was it was like some North Korean Ba Sing Se shit like I don't know what you're talking about like it was great this man pulled me aside he's like I don't man, people love micro I swear to God verbatim this is what he said people love microtransactions man like you sit here and you say that you know. Our business practices are bringing up toxicity in video games but the reality is that somebody's buying them and you know i thought about it i was like he's not wrong he is not wrong it doesn't make it right because like i like uh it, it, it doesn't make it right I, I feel like with the business practice i still think that they should find a middle ground i understand that ea is a business but i do think that you should find a middle ground between some decent business practices and trying to you know maximize your profit but he was like people love these microtransactions man and you have to understand it from the business standpoint like somebody is buying them and i'm like I, but the problem is like i feel like you're allowing in gaming in the gaming industry people who buy a lot of microtransactions because it's not a lot of people but the people who do buy them it's a small number percentage of your fan base and what they call them is whales believe that i don't know what documentary documentary it was i don't know if they still use this term but it was some documentary i've seen but game studios and game businesses they call these people whales that buy microtransactions because these whales they spend most of the money like the the, the 2.8 billion is coming from a very small percentage these people like i remember there was some youtuber um in the 2k community uh that said he spent like eighty thousand dollars in one year on nba 2k card packs bro so it's people like that people who just have excessive disposable income it's not people like me or you listening but somehow someone out there who has disposable income that is very privileged is the one that's making up most of their sales and unfortunately ea is not looking at the greater good they're not looking at the majority of the community they're just allowing those small number of people that one percent that have a ton of cash to dictate what's going on in the community he was like man i just he was just trying to sway me into thinking that it was okay and it's the gamer's fault and to some degree it is the gamer's fault but it's also your fault for allowing it to happen that's like that's like me 
walking down a dark alley and I see a dude trying to rape a woman and fucking she's screaming, help, help, help. And I just walk the other way. Like, don't get me wrong. He's wrong. The guy that's raping the woman is wrong, but I'm also wrong by association because I didn't even bother to try to help that woman, bro. Like the EA is guilty by association. That was a super extreme. That was super extreme example, by the way. But well, maybe not because EA is raping our pockets. Um, but you get the point. You get the point. It's still all bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. So I just wanted to put that out there. Show y'all further proof. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got a friend out there that's fucking... If you want these games to improve, if you really want... Listen, I want more Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and less fucking FIFA team card packs, okay? Star More Apex Legends, although they need to clean up that bit. The, the business is getting a little spooky on the Apex Legends. It'd be like $20 for a fucking skin. The game is great, but I don't know, EA. The point is, I want some more Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Don't got no damn microtransactions. Just a great fucking game. And less FIFA fucking my team card packs and Madden and shit like that. And the only way that's going to happen is you have to vote with your wallet. If you want a company to re-strategize their business practices, you're going to have to tell them their current strategy is not for you. But when you go out there and you buy the shit, even if you got money, don't be a fucking fuck boy. Think about the greater good of the people. Just because you got to go, go spend that shit on strippers or something, bro. Stop spending that shit on virtual strippers in GTA 5 and go do some real shit, bro. Strippers got kids and shit. They got bills to pay. I don't know why I just said that, but I did. Now what? Hit five stars on Apple Podcasts, bitch. Um, <laughs> all right. So the last gaming story that I got for you guys is coming from Cliff Belinsky. If you guys aren't familiar with Clippy B, in my opinion, he was video games first real rock star game developer. Nowadays, we're starting to see more developers. We're starting to be more familiar with more developers names and more studios names and stuff like that. But in my opinion, the first real video game rock star developer was Cliff Belinsky, Cliffy B, the creator of Gears of War and also the failed Lawbreakers. Now, if you remember Lawbreakers, it was a objective based team based shooter available on pc and ps4 don't know why it never really came to xbox uh, especially because it was a new ip um designed by cliffy b in the studio at the time that no longer exists i forgot the name i think it was oh it was boss key studios no longer exists um fucking and he was he basically released his quote saying exp explaining why he thought that uh, lawbreakers failed now in my opinion lawbreakers failed because honestly the marketing was terrible. It was very dude, bro. So it turned people off. It looked goofy as hell. Um, another reason that I think that it failed too is that the gameplay was just hard. Um, Overwatch, in my opinion, is very. It was the reason too because it kind of was looked like Overwatch a little bit. Because listen, anything that was a team-based shooter that came out around the time of Overwatch, meaning Battleborn and Lawbreakers, it was destined to fail. People are Blizzard fans, and unfortunately, Lawbreakers was a new IP by a new studio, so people weren't going to give it the trust that they gave Blizzard. So Overwatch killed Lawbreakers too. Even though, in my opinion, Lawbreakers was nothing like Overwatch. Lawbreakers took way more skill to play, in my opinion, than Overwatch. Lawbreakers was more like um, Unreal Tournament. Um, it was a Twitch shooter, a real Twitchy shooter. Really, um, you really had to be sitting up in your chair, sweating hard as fuck. And I'm not gonna lie, I actually liked the game Lawbreakers. Uh, it had problems, but I did like the game. But that's because I come from a background of Unreal Tournament 2004. I used to love that shit um, in the original Unreal Tournament. Um, but I think it failed because the marketing was terrible. It was too dude, bro. Um, I didn't understand why they did that. Um, it was trying to compete with the Overwatch, unfortunately, and it was a new IP. And then, unfortunately the game failed because by design it was just way it was hard to pick up 
it's one of those games it was fun once you understood how to play it but it was harder to pick up because it was a twitch shooter and unfortunately gaming has become more massive it's not as hardcore as it once was i mean it still has the hardcore audience but when something goes mainstream there's going to be more people which means there's going to be more scrubs too because of numbers and scrubs were complaining that the game was too hard but that's beside the point um cliffy b released a statement basically saying why he thought the lawbreakers failed and he said and which by the way i think this is fucking funny that he said this shit on black history month of, of all time you, you this motherfucker's been quiet for like the last two years a black history month he comes out and he says ever since the studio closed i've been racking my brain or uh well what could have what we could have done differently um pivot hard when the juggernaut of overwatch was announced been less been less nice with my design and ideas and more of a dictator with them one big epiphany i had was that i pushed my own personal political beliefs in a world that was increasingly divided instead of the story being this game looks neat it became this game with the woke bro trying to push hacky politics on us with gender neutral bathrooms and blah 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 basically what he was saying is the game was too woke now, if you guys remember anything about fucking Lawbreakers, bro, there was nothing woke about it. It was a fucking first. I don't even know what the story was. It was a multiplayer online shooter. There was no fucking story. There were some CG cutscenes before the game came out for like the launch. What the fuck was he talking about? This shit was woke. This didn't inspire anybody. It inspired Radical Heights. <laughs> that this man is so fucking full of shit. Yeah, I remember when Radical Heights came out when and he was like, "Yo, this is a passion project. We've been working on it for five months. How how is this a passion project for five months? What are you talking about, bro? It's a video game." So I thought this was funny. He said this on Black History Month that it was just too woke. I think there was like one black character in there, fucking Lawbreakers, and I think he was on the fucking because for those in where the reason the game was called lawbreakers is there was two sides there was the law the good guys and then the breakers those are the criminals i'm pretty sure the black guy was one of the breakers game went in that damn woke nigga shut up uh i'll, I'll never forget cliffy b blocked me because i said overwatch was better than lawbreakers this nigga blocked me on twitter because i said yo real shit funny story who remembers this okay so if you've been in the twitch chat right fucking cliffy b blocked me because i tweeted him and i told him overwatch was better than lawbreakers this man blocked me and then like a year later when lawbreakers was starting to fail and the numbers were dwindling i guess he saw one of my streams and people were telling him to unblock me so he unblocked me because he saw i was one of the few people still supporting the game which i thought was funny which is funny too all the way because i was actually at the lawbreakers launch event uh which is funny i didn't get to talk to cliffy b he was there but i didn't really feel the need to talk to him i was like whatever um without i thought that was funny this motherfucker unblocked me when it was convenient when the game was failing but when i tried to give him real advice why the game fucking sucked he blocked me and in my opinion that's why your game failed because cliffy b you have a fucking ridiculous ego and you don't want to listen to anybody um but hey not my problem whatever moving on to the next story uh let's see <laughs> we about to get into the questions section of the show you know one of the main reasons that i shot away from colognes and body sprays is because of the personal experience we all know someone who's applied too much axe in high school or college and it left me with that impression that cologne was for people who don't shower or just trying to mask their funk as i've gotten older i've realized that i was wrong a shower will have you smelling good but cologne will take things to the next level if used correctly Hawthorne smells amazing and they've made getting cologne easier. 
Hawthorne uses an online quiz to help identify what hygiene products in their lineup works best for you. They'll ask you things like your skin and hair type, how often you shower, hair length, age, how often you apply deodorant, and more. This custom experience is what separates Hawthorne from the pack. My quiz results led me to receiving two very masculine scents, and if you know anything about me, you know I love that masculine stuff. And my girl does too. Now she want me to wear that Hawthorne on every date night. Their deodorant, shampoo, and body wash I've also received. And those are products that I've incorporated into my daily routine because I can feel the difference in quality. And the best part is Hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. And since Hawthorne is a sponsor of the show, I got a special deal for the listeners of the Hokage Thoughts Podcast. Head on over to Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co and use the promo code Hokage to get 10% off your first purchase. That is Hawthorne.co and use the code Hokage at check out for 10% off your first purchase. What are you doing? Head on over to Hawthorne.co and use the code Hokage at checkout. You know, every night local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or is there not? All the alarm company can tell is that the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass brick sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24/7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. And since you're listening to the show, Simply Safe has a deal for you guys today. Visit simplysafe.com/okage and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com/okage so they know that our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com/okage. Today's show is sponsored by Skillshare. Make 2020 a year where you explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with Skillshare's online classes. What you find just might surprise and inspire you. Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take their next step in their creative journey with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real goals. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so that you can move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold so that you can learn and grow with short classes that fit your busy routine. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Being creative is beneficial to me because not only can it help you spiritually by finding a new hobby, but it can also help you financially. And that is why I've been following the Master Your DSLR playlist. It is a collection of videos that teach you the basics and advanced techniques of using a DSLR camera because eventually I like to be able to shoot events to make some extra cash on the side. What I really like about Skillshare is the quality of the classes. These are not YouTube tutorials where people are typing in the little text chat and you gotta sit there and read and try to figure it out for yourself. No, 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 no. This is high quality camera work, high quality audio, and high quality knowledge. Um, also, the community is also very supportive and the lessons are broken down into chapters which are small bite sized so you don't have to sit there and absorb everything all at once. So check it out. Skillshare is a proud sponsor of Hokage Thoughts. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Hokage and get two free months of premium membership. That's a two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. 
Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash Hokage. That's Skillshare.com slash Hokage. If you're unfamiliar with this part of the show, this is where I go on to my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore. I keep it real. I always put out a tweet before the show saying, hey, I'm working on show notes. Leave any suggestions on topics or uh, any questions you have, and I'll try to answer them to the best of my ability. And that's kind of what I want to say before we get into this, because I feel like the last few episodes, I've been forgetting to uh, actually give the disclaimer before the Q&A section. Listen, people ask me questions on Twitter, and this is me just trying to answer them to the best of my ability, but my word is not law. You don't have to trust anything that I say. You don't have to listen to anything I say, to be honest. This is just people me asking me questions, but I don't want anybody thinking that you know I know everything. This is just me trying to answer questions. So whatever info I spread or any 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 info that I give in these questions when I answer them or whatever, you can do whatever the fuck you want with that info. None of my damn business. Um, That's beside the point. Let's get into these questions. So the first question comes from and I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. Arus. I hope you're not a Russ fan. Arus zero zero. And he asked, what were your favorite Kobe Bryant moments? Anything important we should take away from his life legacy? Yeah. So since the last episode uh young kobe bryant passed away r.i.p to him as well as his daughter Gigi. that shit sucks i'm not gonna lie a lot of times when celebrities pass away uh i don't want to say i don't care but it doesn't really affect me because i don't have any type of connection to them um and also i like uh, you're not my family so I, i don't really worship people like that um but i can honestly say that when the news came out that kobe passed away in the in the in the plane not the plane crash but the helicopter crash that one did kind of fuck with me different mainly because i grew up with him and i was never a lakers fan but i always respected i'm a, I'm a big fan of basketball so i always respected uh kobe's game and shit like that and i'm also old enough to remember when lakers were considering trading kobe for um agent zero uh gilbert arenas i don't know if you guys remember that those trade rumors because kobe there was one point where he almost he almost left the lakers and the wizards were trying to trade to gilbert for uh for Kobe and that shit almost happened. So never forget Kobe was almost a Wizards fan. Not an almost a Wizards. Kobe was almost a Wizards. Um and I'm a Wizards fan, so I remember. I remember. So he was asking what was some of my favorite Kobe Bryant moments. That was one of them. The one of the first moments that I remember when Kobe was almost a Wizard, man. If Kobe was a Wizard, maybe he would have brought a would have brought a championship to DC. Um it's been a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of my other favorite Kobe moments. Um oh by the way too, like I don't want to get back to the cause I'm cracking jokes and shit. I like to remember like the fun stuff about somebody when they passed away because he, he did leave a legacy. Um it kind of fucked with me. Somebody somebody made an analogy in my Twitch chat. The reason it kind of fucked with me, it felt like everybody's uncle died. And I never met Kobe, but I kind of felt like that way. Like I, I wasn't like balling out crying, but I did get a little misty eyed. I did get like water up a little bit. I was like, damn, they took it. And like, he was young too. He was like 41 or something like that too. I apologize if I don't know his exact age, but he was like 40 something. He was young. He this dude just retired a few years ago. Um, he's supposed to be in the hall of fame this year. So he, we won't even, that shit's going to be sad because we're not even going to be able to see his hall of fame speech. Um, but yeah, some of my favorite moments, like the trade rumors when he was almost a wizard. I was a big fan of that moment. Um, another one of my favorite Kobe Bryant moments was the song that he dropped with uh, Tyra Banks. I don't know if you guys remember that shit. Kobe used to rap. He had a, he dropped a song with Tyra Banks called Kobe, and it was Kobe. It was K dot uh, O dot B dot E. It was an acronym. Um, if I can read you guys some of the lyrics, um, he said, "Uh, what I live for: basketball, beats, and bras. From Italy to the U.S., yes, is raw. I'm searching for the one that make me my wealth feel poor. Who can ignore the spot life of grandma? My downfall is how I find the R. So I searched in. There's plenty of women with sex appeal when it's filled. Yo, that shit." <sighs> 
Shout out to Kobe, bro. Shout out to Kobe. And then, and then Tyra Banks came on the fucking on a hook and shit. And she was singing. Tyra was singing, bro. She was singing. Um, another one of my favorite Kobe moments was uh, freaking uh, Kobe Bryant dunking over Dwight Howard. If you guys remember that, Dwight Howard came out of high school. I'm old enough to remember that. Unfortunately, I'm an old man. And uh, Dwight Howard was touted as you know, like the, one of the next big dudes coming out of high school. And Kobe welcomed him into the league by dunking his balls on his fucking forehead. So I remember that. I remember that when I was young. Um, also, another one of my favorite Kobe moments was Kobe not flinching when Matt Barnes was putting the ball in his face, and he kept going, hoo, hoo, hoo. and Kobe was like, "Yeah, what?" Because that's how I love that moment because that's really how I be feeling. Like a lot, you gotta understand when you get older, most people would just be talking, just be wolfing, but they don't really be about shit. Like Matt Barnes was gonna hit him because he knew he was gonna get hit with a fine, and you definitely wasn't about to hit Kobe because you knew your ass was about to get kicked out the fucking game. People loved Kobe, so I love that he wasn't. He was. He was. Um, as Cammy likes to say, unbothered. That's how I really be feeling. Like people just be pumping and like get that shit out of my face, bro. Um, and then of course you can't forget the 81 points, bro. That shit was lit when he put up them 81 points against um, Jalen Rose. We wouldn't have got that commercial where they were at the restaurant and he ordered 81. <laughs> that shit was funny as fuck, yeah. So those are both of my favorite Kobe moments, bro. Um, um, and is there anything we should take away from his life legacy? Eh, just work hard, man. Just work hard. Like, I remember after he had passed away, I put it on my Twitch title. Um, if you passed away today, would anybody care tomorrow? And, like, the world... For that split moment, the world stopped. People cared. Um, I will say with the Kobe passing away thing, uh, you know, people are fucking disgusting, you know? With the, with the, whole, the whole rape case that happened back in like the early 2000s or whatever i'm not gonna get into like how i personally feel about that but i will say that like he had just passed away and i seen people on my timeline be like yeah but what, what, what about the red king and then fucking gail king or whatever whatever the fuck her name is that works for oprah she was talking about it in the interview and shit like that and uh lisa leslie was like i would never seen him act like that I'm like what are you talking like that shit is corny as fuck like if you really cared about that shit you should have asked him when he was alive and it's just disgusting it's fucking disgusting like if i was to pass away the la like it would be fucking disgusting as soon as i pass away people would be like wow he passed away yeah but he watched movies on one two three like it's just corn what about that time he stole some bubble gum he just passed the body like i remember there was one tweet on my timeline that pissed me off and like i was like i'm not gonna follow your ass bro fucking the body they still hadn't even confirmed whether or not it was kobe and Gigi. the body was still hot bro it was still in the fucking helicopter crash and i seen them on my timeline linking articles about like the whole rape case and shit like that and i'm like you are just a disgusting human being bro like god damn somebody just lost a family i don't give a fuck how you feel about that shit dog like you got a lot of you gotta you gotta pray for people like that that's a lot of hatred in your fucking heart bro that is a lot of fucking and that that shit that shit that's why you gotta be careful you gotta keep your circle small don't give your energy to everybody because when I seen shit like that, I'm like, yo, it's some really miserable people out there and you can't entertain people like that. That shit is disgusting to me. Um, so I'm like, damn, if they said that about Kobe, what they going to say about me when I pass away, bro? Like I pass away. Oh, he was trolling people in Call of Duty when he was 19 or when he was 18 or whatever. Fuck him. Bro. Like, bro. Oh, my fucking Lord. That person had a family, dog. We don't even get to see Gigi grow up. Like he was he seemed like he was very happy um, coaching his daughter and her team we don't get to see her grow up and make the WNBA or whatever she wanted to do if she didn't want to do basketball that shit sucks that shit fucking sucks um that's all i got to say about kobe all right p to him
Um, I thought it was cool how they were doing a bunch of tributes. It was also disgusting the NBA didn't cancel those games the day that he passed away. That was kind of disgusting. Fucking Tyson Chandler. I don't know if y'all saw that clip. Tyson Chandler was like crying on the sideline. Like, it blows my mind, right? That the internet loves, and this is why I say the internet is fucking bullshit. The internet loves to preach about how black men need to get more help with their mental health. They need to do a better job of expressing themselves. And when we do, you motherfuckers still make us go to work. You still don't, like, you, like, Niggas don't care because y'all niggas don't care. That's the reality. Like to see to see Tyson Chandler crying on the sideline, that shit sucks. Like cancel the fucking game. Stop telling you need. Stop telling black dudes we need to be more sensitive. And then when we are, you just want to record this shit. Oh, this is a viral moment. Motherfuckers want to go home, bro. Because what what the NBA what what they fucked up on and what they didn't realize they ended up canceling the games like the next day. But that day when he passed away, they should have canceled the games. And what they fucked up and realized is like. A lot of those people that was crying, those were his teammates. Those are people that grew up with watching him, posters on the wall. Like, listen, NBA, just change the logo to Kobe. All right. Even Jerry West said he's tired of being the logo, bro. And Jerry West doesn't represent the current NBA, bro. I didn't. I think Jerry West played before the three-point line was even existed, okay? Either make the logo Kobe or Jordan. Nah, because Jordan be letting niggas kill themselves over shoes and shit, bro. I don't know. Drop the prices on your shoes. That's beside the point. Stay woke. Um... Yeah, so a petition started to make Kobe the logo. I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't. It, I, I do think they need to modernize it. Actually, I would not be mad if the NBA changed the logo every ten to twenty years, like every day. Like Kobe should have been the logo. Like last generation, LeBron could, or he could be the logo now, and then like next generation, it could be like LeBron. You see what I'm saying? Like whatever player defined that generation should be the NBA logo. I think uh, it would keep things fresh. It would keep things new. Let let fans vote, maybe. Actually, no, don't let fans vote because y'all let fans vote and Taco Fall almost got in the fucking All-Star game. Scratch the voting shit. Y'all motherfuckers stupid. Let me get off this Kobe shit. RIP to Kobe. Um, the shit sucks. I present that question to you. If you passed away today, would anybody care? Uh, and what do you think they would say about you? That's what I would leave you with on this conversation because I saw some very some very evil shit on my timeline that was very disappointing to see. Um... My next question comes from Darth Wheezy, and he says, I've been watching you since I was 11 back in 2013. Thanks for making me feel old. Um, and you definitely grew as a social media influencer and switched up the content. How are you so patient with social media and growing on platforms? Because I'm new in the content creator world, and it's hard. Um, I just tell you, I feel like I can answer this question. I feel like I can answer a lot of like questions about content creation and it's all a lot of times it's going to come out with this answer. The reason I'm so patient with social media and growing and stuff like that is because I have a genuine interest in entertaining people and I have a genuine interest in technology. It's hard to it's hard to be passionate about. It's hard to grow in something that you're not passionate about. Like think about think about the job that you're working right now. I don't know. Let's let's throw a hypothetical out there. Let's say you're working for McDonald's. Mm, I don't want to say nobody because I'm sure there's somebody out there that just loves working for McDonald's. But I'm going to say realistically here, nine out of 10 people are working at McDonald's because they just need money for the moment. And it's just a stepping stone to get to the next place in their career. I highly doubt most people working at McDonald's are just passionate about it. So when you go to work at McDonald's or whatever dead end job that you go to, you know you want to get out of there eventually because you're not passionate about it you can only continue to do something that you're passionate about um and i i think the reason that i i am patient with it is because i'm very passionate about i like making people laugh i like sharing the knowledge that i get through life and lessons and i'm very passionate about technology um i'm a computer guy um i'm like 
like guys some 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 guys are like very passionate about working on cars changing oil tires i don't know shit about that stuff bro i'm i'm the polar opposite i'm very passionate about technology i like building pcs i like paying attention to where social media trends are going what's the latest social media what's the latest cell phone technology what's the latest console technology like anything that's technology driven i'm interested in it i'm very passionate about it if you just kind of sort of like it i'm not saying that you can't make it but it's gonna be a whole lot harder so you i would and i would tell you to find and figure out what you're very passionate about and that's a very hard discussion to have with yourself it requires a certain level of self-awareness that you might not have right now um because the reality is if you answer this question and you're not passionate about actually creating content you just want what comes with it you will not grow in this platform because it's really hard it is it is a roller coaster there are high listen when the highs are high the lows are motherfucking low um and you have to have a passion for entertaining people like before i always tell people before i was creating content online i was entertaining people in real life um i was the class clown i was always making jokes like everybody always listened to what i had to say and it kind of just translated into creating content. That's what I like to do. And it also invi it involved technology. Um, you might not even be in it for the money. Because like everybody always says that. Oh, you got a lot of people just doing it for the money. Like you just, you just, a lot of people that monkey see, monkey do. And I'm not saying that's what you are. But you saw a lot, like you got to be able to be, you have to be self-aware to know that like you're looking at something and you're like, oh, that looks cool. Versus you have to ask yourself, am I actually passionate about it? Just because it looks cool doesn't mean you're passionate about it because the grass is not greener on the other side. You're going to really dread. You could end up ruining your hobby. Let's say you want to make a living off of playing video games because you love video games. There's a difference between loving video games and loving creating content. Just because you, uh, you can combine the two doesn't mean they're the same thing. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, so be just because you love gaming does not mean that you love creating content and you could end up somewhere down the line ruining your passion for gaming. You could end up hating gaming, um, because you became a content creator and you hated content creator. And now you associate the two with one another. I think an example I can give is fucking wings of redemption. I think wings is funny. I don't have any beef with him, but if you watch his streams, a lot of times he says he fucking hates gaming and I guarantee you, well, I don't even guarantee you it is because he says it all the time on the fucking stream. It's because he became a content creator. People are trolling him all the time when he fucking plays games and they try to ruin his life. They try to get his information and shit like that. So you have to be, you have to constantly, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Um, content creation a lot of times is about um, there being a problem and can you solve it? Your problem is your lack of patience with content creation. That's why you just asked me that. And I'm a good content creator because I was able to solve your problem. I don't know if I was able to specifically solve your problem but i was able to give at least some type of insight um through my thought process on how you can improve um basically think about think about why you go to any business um i don't know you go to the shoe store because they provide shoes you have a problem you need shoes so you went to the shoe store what problem can you solve um if you have not figured that out or maybe you don't want to figure it out um i mean that problem could be you know you feel like you can make people laugh, you know, you can be that guy. I don't know. I hope that made sense. I, I feel like I'm all over the place with that. I, I, oh, my God. I need a swig of water. Oh, my fucking Lord. If you get anything out of this podcast, I challenge everybody to learn self-awareness. Ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And if the answer is you're not passionate, it's OK. Go find something else to do. Um, The next question comes from Reg Corley. And he asks, Following the debacle of the non-melanated melanated entitled Twitch streamer a little bit ago, 
What do you think is the right way to incentivize your chat to support you, especially when the profit is going right back into the good of the stream and the content? Uh, appreciate any feedback as always. I don't I don't know what the debacle of the non-melanated entitled Twitch streamer had to do with anything. Um, but the main question is, what do you think is the right way to incentivize your chat to support you? It kind of goes back to what I just said earlier. Uh, people have problems and you got to be you got to be the solution. Your service has to be the solution. Um, your problem was the question and my solution is my answer. Um, and that's 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 what you can do with content creation. Um, it could be something as simple like a, a very easy way to translate the problem to solution, because I don't know if this makes sense of what I'm saying is let's say that you're, I don't know, electrician. No, because that's a bad example. I wouldn't say make YouTube videos about that, like because you got to be like licensed and shit about that. I don't know. Let's say you're an artist and you want to give some basic tips and you, you, you're very knowledgeable and you're very articulate. You could explain how to draw better on YouTube, although I feel like I don't know if that was a good example either. But there's a problem. You need to provide a solution that gives feed that gives um, that gives people. What's the word I'm looking for? A solution like the problem could be that you're having a bad day and my solution is to make you laugh. Uh, that's how I'm solving the problems. And then also I can give insight on different types of things. You just need to look at the market and you need to try to figure out or you, you could honestly, you could just ask your chat. What type of stuff do y'all like? What type of stuff do y'all like? And then you have to ask yourself, can I provide the solution to their problem? I don't know if that makes sense. Now, those questions kind of went. I don't even know why I took both. Those questions kind of went same as that. I answered two questions at the same time. This podcast fucking sucks. So rate it five stars. Um, the Phoenix King says in the next question. Now that the battle royale hype has died down a bit, do you have any predictions on which genre will be the next big thing, or will there be any new genres to spring up? Listen, man. Uh, two things. This is a quick one. I want plat. First of all, I don't even know if battle royales. Well, he said it died down a bit. He didn't say it died. Okay, that's fair. I, yeah, I feel like battle royales have kind of leveled out. Um, but one genre that I would like to see make a comeback is like platformers, uh, specifically like cartoony platformers jack and dexter fucking sly cooper ratchet and clank fucking tie the tasmanian tiger fucking super mario like more games like that bro like everything is so fucking serious nowadays dog like you have some platformers like uncharted but that shit is so fucking serious you got a big ass boulder fucking trying to hit you in the head and shit like i i, I, just, I just want like simple fun games like luigi's mansion 3 is not a platformer but it's really fun to play like it's it's really simple. It's just puzzles. Just Luigi sucking up ghosts and acting goofy and shit. Like, I feel like gaming has gotten to the point where it's taking itself too seriously. Um, and it's like, don't forget game developers. The, the, motherfuckers just want to have fun. Everything doesn't have to be a super realistic, strategic military shooter, bro. Like, that's not every fucking game. Can we get back to silly, fun, goofy shit, creative stuff? And support that stuff, okay? If you like it. And then another thing I would like, another trend I would like to see come back for next generation is please bring back trilogies. I'm sick and tired of every game having 10 fucking sequels, bruh. It was Jack and Dexter, Jack 2, Jack 3, the end. I think there was like, I, no, there's four. Now there's four Sly Coopers. But originally there was a there was a trilogy and then there was a fourth one on the PS4. But you get the point, bruh. Trilogies used to be a big thing like back in the day and then the developer would move on to the next thing But they keep making more more Madden more FIFA. I'm sick of that shit Fucking make new games. We need new IPs <sighs> Those are the trends I want to see 
Um, the next question comes from Wise Youngin, and he says, "How important is mentorship for Black people?" Um, I don't know why. You know, like race is definitely an issue, but I don't know what the fuck race has to do with anything on this one. Uh, I think mentorship is important for everybody. Your mentorship can come from your parents. It can come from somebody at your school, somebody from your job. But I think mentorship is important. I think one of the when you, when you're always the smartest person in the room, that's a problem. Um, that means you lack mentorship. I like to be around people that are smarter than me. Um, and, and, and intelligence is re- relevant, right? Like a motherfucker could be intelligent, super intelligent in business and be socially stupid, like socially awkward, if that makes sense, right? Or you could be really smart in science and fucking completely dumb in math. Well, no, you can't because those kind of go hand in hand, but you, you get the point. Make sure to surround yourself, I think, with people who are who, who specialize in things that you can constantly be learning from. Um, I mean, that's why a lot of relationships be failing. I feel like you need to you, have, you need to have a significant other that you're constantly learning from. Otherwise, you motherfuckers are just gonna have sex, and when the sex gets boring, you're just gonna start arguing. But you'll appreciate somebody a whole lot more when you're learning for them. Um, but mentorship is important to everybody. I don't think that's a that's a black person thing. I need some damn mentorship. I've been doing my best to in 2020 to surround myself with different people. I'm trying to branch out and try to collab with some other people. I'm supposed to be on another podcast. I don't want to say which one yet. Um, but I'm trying to be just learn from different people. You can learn something from everybody. Never forget that. You can learn even the dumbest motherfucker on your block. I don't know, man. He might make fire burritos or something. You can learn something from everybody. Uh, so humble yourself. Humble yourself. But I think mentorship is important for everybody. It's not a black thing. Uh, the next question comes from demented gamer and he says any advice for someone trying to get their finances in order i'll be honest i've never been the best at keeping up i've definitely been able to but i fell out of that mode for a while and it was felt like it was a big struggle to get there um love the work that you put in by the way appreciate the words um first of all what do you mean when i say when you say i'll be honest i've never been the best at keeping up i hope you don't mean keeping up with the joneses which is a term it's an old it's a boomer term a black boomer term basically meaning trying to keep up with like you know the latest trends and stuff like that uh if that's what you're if that's what you mean when you say keeping up like keeping up with the joneses trying to keep up with the latest iphone the latest shoes and shit like that that would be my first tip stop trying to stop trying to flex stop trying to keep up where live 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 your life to how it works best for you be yourself don't be trying out here trying to impress anybody plus the people who are actually rich don't bother spending their money on trying to look rich people who are actually rich are just fucking rich um <laughs> fucking bill gates be walking around in k-swiss and shit so i wouldn't i wouldn't keep up with the joneses um also a tip that really helped me for like finances i just recently started doing this it seems obvious but learn how to cook man i mean i've always learned i, I know how to cook basic shit um stop eating out i used to eat out a lot like these past few years just uber eats oh yo i'm no uber eats champion dog <laughs> but i used to listen i used to order the uber eats out of, out of the motherfucker bro but that shit adds up and like the last since i moved to moved to florida uh the last month and a half that i've like been here i have not eaten out i can proudly say i've done nothing but cleaning i got a brand new spanking kitchen and like i would feel bad if i didn't take advantage of that so I stopped eating out and I just started cooking every day for myself. The only time I eat out is, you know, when you take your lady out here and there. But other than that, I cook and I've easily I've easily saved like a thousand plus dollars in this past month alone just from stop eating out. Um, Uber Eats is the fucking devil. Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Caviar, whatever. I know all the apps. Yes, I do. Because uh, some apps only have certain foods and others don't. Trust me, I was ordering off of all of them, but not no more. So stop eating out. 
uh, which is another example of actually humble yourself. Um, but what else did I write down? I, I lost my place on my freaking notes. Oh, understand what sacrifice is, man. Um, if you want to save money, you're going to have to like everybody talks about sacrifice. But are you really willing to sacrifice like sacrifice could be something as simple as like, you know, you get paid next week. But that new Marvel movie that you want to go see comes out this week and you're down to like your last 50 bucks or some shit like that. And you might go spend 20, 30 at the movie theater. And then the next day you might not have money for X, Y and Z sacrifices knowing that you know why don't you just you you may not be able to be part of the conversation the water cooler conversation at work about that new marvel movie on monday but you'll be fine financially just wait till next week when you get paid and then you can go see it understand that everything is not for you you don't need to spend understand truly what sacrifice is like it's like drake said like while everybody was out partying i was making the music that they was partying partying to focus on yourself um, and then the best tip I can give to you, like, this is something that I personally do, even though I was eating out a lot with Uber Eats, I was still financially fine. That's probably why, cause I had excess income, but just because you have it doesn't mean you got to spend it. I like to live my life. Like I'm poor, um, humble yourself when you up so that when you come down, life ain't that much damn harder. Cause it, life is ups and downs. And if you humble yourself while you up, Meaning that, you know, you don't always have to go to the fucking fanciest restaurants. You don't always have the latest clothes. Uh, when you come down, you know, you'll have some money in your fucking bank account. Because I tell you what, if you don't humble yourself, life will humble you for you. Um, fucking your ass be broke. You lose your job. Because one thing that I know, one thing I notice about life is like whenever something bad happens, it always happens in like threes or you, you get what I'm saying? Like it all multiple things always happen like back to back. Like you lose your girl you lose your job, you lose your car, like things just keep happening back to back to back. And you want to be ready to handle that bullshit. I had some bullshit that I was dealing with personally. Um, and I was so happy that I don't spend my money because I, I was able to handle it. For me, the way that I look at my finances is I would rather like an example I can give you is I had a situation back when I was like 21 when I, um, I, I had a a roommate that wasn't paying rent didn't pay rent for like three months in a row um and fucking it was draining my finances this is before this is before my youtube like blew up it was draining i was i was still like uh doing a, a regular job and fucking it was draining my finances and thank god that i didn't spend my money so i was able to take on that person's rent uh their half of the rent or whatever but like three months in my bank account started getting into the yellow it was soon about to be into the red and i was looking at it and i was like mm, i might have to i might have to get out of this situation because in my mind if i put myself in the red i wanted to be because it was for something that was important um so like let me give you an example right i don't know let's say this is an extreme example i don't know your dog dies right and you got to pay for like you want to pay for a funeral I'd rather have the money for that funeral than waste my money on Jordans because then you're going to feel like shit putting yourself in the red because you spent your last dime on your Jordans and then your dog passes away and you don't even have the proper money to bury your dog. I mean, you could put them in. I don't know. I, I don't have a dog. Do, do, are there dog funerals? Do you get the point? The, the um, Why was I talking about the rent shit? Oh, so I left this situation. I'm sorry. My brain is all over the place. I'm tired and I'm hungry. Y'all. Fucking. So I left. I left the that apartment or whatever. Um, And like. A year later, that apartment complex called me 
the way that, that, that it was set up was a, the, the the lease was supposed to be in my roommate's name and i was just there um paying half or whatever so i was able to leave whenever i want and it was kind of fucked up but i had to get out of that situation because they weren't paying rent and i was like all right well my name isn't on the lease so i'm out fuck this shit um so i ended up leaving them because like i said i didn't want, if i put myself in the red i wanted to be because it was something that was important and it wasn't important to me to save that person's ass they were about to make me drown um so a year later after i left that apartment the complex calls me their front office and they were like hey you know such and such left your because the the person that was my roommate they ended up getting another roommate but eventually i guess they ended up drowning because they weren't able to afford it so somewhere down the line they got evicted or whatever um and the complex called me and they were like hey you were uh, recently evicted at such and such place and uh we're gonna need two thousand dollars from you that was the number that was like it was like twenty five hundred dollars from you right now to make up for the because if you break lease early a lot of times there's a fee for that shit and i'm like uh for such and such place i was like my name i thought my name wasn't on the lease that was a lie my name was on the lease it turned out so the roommate lied to me um so my name ended up being on the lease and i ended up being liable for it because they couldn't get in touch with that roommate at the time that got evicted so i ended up being liable for that twenty five hundred dollar fee and this is an example of what I was talking about. I had the $25 in my bank account. I was like, all right, it is what it is. So I, I sat there, I thought about it. It fucking sucked, but I had the money. And I put myself in the red paying off that fee. Um, but I got to sleep at night um, comfortable. I had to go on a ramen noodle diet for the rest of the month, but that was fine. I, like I said, this, and this is what I was trying to say to you. I hope, I hope, because my brain is all over the place. I hope I'm explaining this to you well. I'd rather put myself in the red knowing I can sleep well at night than putting myself in the red buying some jordans or video games and then a real problem comes along and fucking i'm screwed so i hope that makes sense that i said live like you poor even if you got money um you don't need to eat out every day start cooking um you don't need to go to every fucking basketball game in your city you don't need to buy every freaking video game there's so many great free-to-play video games bro you should start thinking about different ways to actually make you money passive income um that's all i got for you uh the next question comes from true fernie and he asks, what has been your biggest struggle throughout your career all right these are some quick ones uh not arguing back if you've been following me for a long time uh you know back in the early days like the nwn days if somebody said some dumb shit that didn't make sense in the comment section i would like write whole paragraphs about why they're a fucking idiot now nah, i don't even and that's that's like that's like young shit like just being emotional and shit i'm just like how could you be so far now nah, i don't even care bro like you motherfuckers are stupid and i've also learned i've also learned another reason you shouldn't argue back um is because a lot of people just be looking for attention i remember one time um fucking i was on twitter and i searched my name because a lot of times when you're a content creator or you do anything in the public eye people will talk about you but they won't at you so what you can do if you're looking for real feedback, because a lot of times people will sugarcoat shit. If you're looking for real feedback and you're a content creator, you can search your username on Twitter and you'll find people talking about you, but they didn't at you. And you can see what their real feedback is about your content. And um, I remember I searched my name one time on Twitter and I came across this dude that was just going hard as fuck on me. Um, he was like, yo fucking nwn is fucking trash because this is what i used to go by for the new listeners this is what i used to go by a different name and the acronym was nwn and they were like yo nwn is fucking trash you fell off he's garbage i don't like this that and the third so i replied to the tweet and i was completely i was completely like nice about this shit i wasn't like flaming him or nothing like that i was like hey man i'm sorry you feel that way he's like how do you I, and i asked him i was like well how do you think that you know i can improve on my content and he replied and said oh shit tbh 
Yo, I was just joking, dude. Yo, I fucking love your videos, man. I was just talking shit, bro. He's like, yo, so what's up? And when I seen that shit, I had the epiphany. I was like, wow, people are really just miserable and they want attention. And I've had several situations like that happen like that. A lot of times people are miserable in their little, their real life. So they'll go a little bit harder on you and take it out on you because they don't know how to deal with their emotions. Like I said, they could have just lost their job. So they'll get on your video and you could be talking about the new Sonic movie and you'll be criticizing it. And you could just be like something like, hey, I thought the movie was too short. And they'll write a whole paragraph. Well, you're a fucking idiot because they had a bad day uh, and they don't even realize what they're doing because once again, people are not self-aware. So I learned not to argue back with people because most people are just looking for attention and most people are honestly miserable um, and they don't know what to do with their energy, unfortunately. And that kind of goes back to the mentorship. And that's why mentorship is important. Um, another one of my biggest struggles throughout my career is, let's see, being misunderstood. I'm very misunderstood. Online content creation is full of like fake positive people. Like, y'all know, bro, if I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to stream. I'm not going to create a YouTube video. I'm not going to be fake happy about shit. Like niggas be going through shit, bro. Real life shit. And I just don't understand these fake positive people. Like, it's just nothing but positivity. If there's nothing funny, I'm not going to fucking laugh. So a lot of times I'm misunderstood. Um, I've been called smug, uh, stuck up or whatever like that like my thing is though is like i'm just big on respect i've even had some of my own viewers on twitch say to me like i literally had one say he saw me uh in, in in somewhere in orlando he said he saw me and he wanted to come up and speak to me but i guess he was like scared or something like that like i intimidate people and like i'm just big on respect like you should never be able if you see me in public you should never be afraid to come up and say what up i'll dap you up and say what up my friends if you're a supporter and you come up to me and you'll be like, you think I'm going to say fuck you, dog? Nah, as long as you like respectful and you don't come up to me on some goofy shit, like with your phone out, like, yo, I'm here with TBH on Instagram and shit like that. Like, we good, bro. We good. Just respect my privacy and say what up, dog. And if you ask me for a picture, I'll take a picture. But just ask me. Don't be taking fucking pictures of me. That's the goofy shit that I don't like. I'm big on respect. That's all. Um, and that I feel like because of that i intimidate people which is funny because i'm five five and according to the internet um we're not we're not a man um but i i intimidate a lot of fucking other content creators um because a lot of them are socially awkward and i'm not into that goofy shit um i like to laugh and have a good time but y'all know what i mean when i say that goofy shit just like when real niggas is in the building motherfuckers shape up um so being misunderstood a lot of times and even misunderstood from like my own audience bro I be joking about a lot of shit and people be taking it so fucking serious. And I'm like, it, it it annoys me. And I'm still trying to understand this where like people be like, yo, I've been watching you for like seven years. And then they get mad at me when I joke about Cleveland. I listen for the record. I legitimately don't have a problem with Cleveland. I make jokes about Cleveland or New York because I know it makes New York niggas mad. It's, it's just trolling. It's just a fucking joke. But people be dead ass serious thinking I feel I think all Philly women are ugly or some shit like that. It's all just a fucking joke, bro. And I rag on every. And then another thing, too, people be taking everything so fucking personal. I don't take a lot of things personally. Um, I rag on everybody's city, bro. But people be when, when I start talking about your city, you, you take it fucking personal, bro. It's not that serious, dog. It's just a joke. We just talking. If your city's really that lit, why are you getting so damn butthurt? Um i struggle with consistency i'm very the only thing i'm consistent at is being inconsistent um but i guess i struggle with consistency because i think i struggle with growth i i'm always growing but it's always very slow and i always i'm just trying to crack the, i'm always trying to figure out how to crack that code on how to accelerate that growth 
Um, but yeah, I'm very inconsistent with posting stuff. And a lot of it has to do, I just be tired, bro. I'll be all over the place. I'm always trying like new things and I edit all my videos. I can't afford to pay somebody to edit my fucking videos. Um, and then on top of that, a lot of my money comes from Twitch and podcasting. It does not come from YouTube. Um, the YouTube adpocalypse is just ruined fucking YouTube. And then also the YouTube community. I just, if you fuck with me, I fuck with you. But a lot of the niggas in the comment section, I do not fuck with them on YouTube. YouTube is very toxic right now, bro. Um, we just become a very gluttonous society. More videos now, now, now. Motherfuckers want 10 videos a day, but don't have the time to share and like your videos. Um, and like, it's hard for me. Sometimes it's hard for me being consistent because my own audience, I feel like they be going against me sometimes. Not everybody, but just like, just being difficult for no fucking reason, bro. Like these white folks don't got to beg their audience to support them. They be posting their shit on Reddit, Facebook, and it's very, con it's very, it's very confusing to me because I'll go on a YouTube video and it'll have 200 comments, and 180 of them will be straight positive. We love the content, blah 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 blah. And then I'll go look at this, the analytics because you can see how many people shared your video, and nobody shared the video. Um, and it's like, why would I want to waste my time being consistent doing that? There's multiple reasons. And when I can just stream or something like that, there's multiple reasons why I have a hard time being consistent. But yeah, I'm very inconsistent. I'm just trying to I'm always struggling with for those of you wondering, how do you become more consistent as a content creator? I think every content creator struggles with consistency, like the Internet is constantly moving faster. People want more and more and more. And people are so fucking judgmental. They're so mis. They, I think people will be forgetting that people make the content that they enjoy and um and people just be treating other people uh any kind of way i think an example was like fucking young jock with that video where he was uh he was dr using the driving uber driving service and people were like what happened you fell off you felt like there's no empathy for any fucking body anymore um people just want more 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 content and they were trying to produce content out of that fucking situation um but because of the way the internet moves so fucking fast it can burn anybody out uh, so be ready for that shit and it only gets faster every year so that's why it's important to always try new things and not do the same thing over and over because things are always changing um and then my last one i wrote uh, uh one thing i struggle with is accepting that people don't know what they want i've had a hard time accepting that but i've it is what it is like motherfuckers is dumb not you maybe not you listening are dumb but people who don't like like an example is like there's constantly people coming in my Twitch chat that aren't like regulars in the Twitch chat. There are people that come from like YouTube and they'll tell me I need to do X, Y, and Z video. But I did that video maybe in the form of like a podcast or like on the Twitch stream and I'll upload it to YouTube and they don't watch it. And they'll be like, you need to do this. I'd be like, I did it. Well, where's it at? I don't know. And maybe some of that is YouTube. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people saying they, they're not getting my videos in the sub box anymore. I, I don't know what's going on with that damn website. Um, but a lot of times people just don't know what they want. They just be running their damn mouth telling you to do something and then they don't watch it. It's hard to justify me doing it. I rather, I don't know, man, my hygiene page looking kind of good. I need to get back on that so I can make some money because fucking, it's, I looked at it. I was like, yo, the views on this is getting really, I'm sorry. I'm thinking a lot. Anyways, next question comes from uh, fork of despair. And he says, as a black content creator, do you find it harder to get exposure uh than other content creator content creators or is it how you or how you operate or present yourself i would really like to do what you do and i want to know what should i prepare for all right so do you find it harder to get exposure from compared to other content creators and how you present yourself um yeah there are cultural barriers unfortunately this community um this community on the gaming side of things in terms of content creation is dominated by white men 
and I don't want to say all, but a lot of a lot of white men are just fucking. They're socially awkward, dog. Um, and they're like cultural barriers. Like you say certain things and people don't understand what you're saying. And there's like weird ass interactions and miscommunications and shit like that. So, you know, a lot of times don't think it's different. Like the way, let me put it this way. The way you, if you, if you a person of color, y'all know what I'm talking about. Code switching. When you had the code switch in fucking corporate America, it's the same shit. When you go to these fucking events and you deal with some of these gaming nerds, you got to code switch. You got to, you got to speak so they understand you. Cause like it'd be like simple shit. Be like, I feel like I'm easy to understand, but like I I've been told I slur my words a lot, so people don't understand like what I'm saying. So like I really try to enunciate um, more, um, and then also like using slang and shit. Um, and it I, what I always find funny about that too is like I don't feel like I use a lot of slang, but I use a little bit. And I always find it funny that like people always preach about tolerance and the beauty of difference, but then they be upset when you don't speak like them. If that makes sense, you're like, oh man, I love diversity and shit like that. And then as soon as the diversity comes in the building, they can't stand it because they don't understand it. And that's like an empathy. You're not even trying to understand it. So there are cultural barriers. Um, energy just be different. It's kind of like going back to what I said earlier on that other question. I'm like, I like to joke around, but only when shit is funny. Like if shit ain't funny, I hate goofy ass niggas, bro. And like a story I can give you is like I played in a PUBG tournament in 2017 with Twitch. Uh, it was a duos PUBG tournament with I played with A9. It was a bunch of big streamers in there. It was like Dr. Disrespect was in there. Summit won. Um, fucking uh, Shroud when he was on Twitch, he was in that tournament. Um, and before the tournament had started, we had to check in in Discord so everybody was there. We had to check in at least thirty minutes early. And me and A9, we checked in, and there was another streamer in there, and he was streaming at the time. I didn't know he was streaming. I didn't know until somebody clipped it. But he was streaming at the time, and he was just acting goofy as fuck. <laughs> just doing it. Y'all know I can't. Y'all know I can't stand these YouTuber Twitch personas that would just be real yucking it up and acting real fucking goofy. And nobody else was talking in the Discord. And I was me and Anon had just came in there, and that Twitch streamer was just yucking it up for no fucking reason, talking to his chat. And I was like, Hey, I was like, Hey, my man. I was like, do you know what time we're supposed to start? I was like asking for some like general information. And I asked like three or four times. And Anon started laughing under his breath because he could tell that I was visibly getting not not visibly because he couldn't see me, but he could tell through my tone of voice I was getting upset. And he and I kept asking him, I was like, yo, what time are we supposed to start or whatever? And he kept yucking it up and just go, oh, we're here, guys. I was like, and then and then I said, I was like, all right, nigga, are you finished? Uh, <laughs> because I was so fucking irritated. I was like, I was like, yo, my nigga, are you done? Uh, and then, and then he was like, whoa. And this is what this is the shit that really pissed me off. And I still take it as a disrespect. Um, what pissed me off is I was asking what time the tournament started, like for general information, and he kept yucking it up and talking to his chat acting like he didn't hear me because i thought maybe he didn't hear me i thought maybe my discord was working but as soon as i said to him yo i was like my nigga are you finished and then he he stopped talking and it got really fucking quiet and then he was like all right i don't care who that guy is i don't give a fuck i'm fucking uh i'm fucking muting him and i think he thought that maybe i was like some white guy or some shit like that because i mean most of the community is white so he thought he didn't he, he probably was trying to cover his ass he didn't want to get in trouble um you know somebody shouting the n-word over his stream or shit and like i said i didn't even know he was fucking streaming i only knew he was streaming because somebody from his stream i guess knew who i was and clipped it and then they sent it to me uh showing how visibly he was upset with that shit but like i'm not gonna apologize for that shit i, I mean i probably shouldn't have said it but i'm not gonna apologize just because what pissed me off is like i said he was ignoring me clowning the whole fucking time and then as soon as i said all right my nigga are you finished when I changed my energy, because I was trying to be polite. When I changed my energy, remember when I told you, like, when real niggas is in the building, all that goofy shit stopped? 
That's what I'm talking about right there. I'm like, are you finished, my nigga? Like, I hit, I hit him on some grown man shit. Like, yo, what the fuck are we doing here? And he stopped. Oh, well, I don't give a fuck who that guy is. He can't talk like that on my stream. First of all, you shouldn't. Nobody knew that you were streaming. This was supposed to be a private server. And he was running the fuck. Let me stop ranting. Y'all get the point. Energy be different. Motherfuckers be acting weird. Um, I don't like none of that shit. Uh, and like that fake positivity shit. So, yeah, there's going to be cultural barriers. But that's me. That's just kind of how I am. Uh, I'm a, I, I like to think that I'm a very masculine man. I'm not, I don't, I don't do very well with feminine men. That shit is that weird ass feminist shit. Um, so you're going to have to deal with that, but you might not have to deal with that. It, it, it's just me. Um, I'm, I'm very self-aware that I have an energy that, uh, they can shift the room and uh, you might not have that energy. So you might not have to deal with it. Um, I find that like when you're black and you are a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You don't have as much bass in your voice. I don't want to say feminine. You don't have as much bass in your voice. You're not as, uh, you don't have like a certain energy about you. Like I'm very aware I have a very don't fuck with me energy. When you, when you're a little bit more nerdy, I don't want to say like a specific, cause I have like a, an image in my head of a name of a person I could think of, like a black person, but y'all know what I'll be talking about. Y'all, <laughs> If you don't have that energy about you, you don't have nothing to worry about. Uh, that's I'm, I'm off this topic. Uh, <laughs> the next question that I got, and this is the last one, and he asked, this one comes from Ultra Boy T. He asked, what are some double standards that you encounter as a content creator? Um, some double standards that I encounter as a content creator, the first of which would be um, white folks can say uh, nigger and get multi-million dollar deals, but then I get criticized on my stream and in my videos for saying nigga. Um, let me give you an example. Um, PewDiePie says nigger, T-Foo, fucking all these other big streamers. I think Ninja said it or some shit like that. Multi-million dollar deal. But then one of the biggest criticisms I get put on me is that, um, you know, your stream doesn't grow because, you know, sometimes you drop N-bombs. And y'all know when I say nigga, like, I'm just talking about my homie. Like, if you black, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. We, we took that word and we changed it to something else. And motherfuckers be acting like they don't understand that shit. And as a black man, I get criticized a lot of times for saying that shit, saying that it makes, you know, new viewers feel uncomfortable. You know, what if, you know, there's a new Timmy in the chat and he hears that and it makes him uncomfortable? Well, everybody knows because you motherfuckers listen to rap music. You fucking, you love stealing our culture. You know what the fuck I'm saying when I say nigga. But when they say it, you know, it's just, you know, a heated fucking a heated gamer moment and he gets a multi-million dollar deal so that's a double standard right there to me i think it's bullshit people criticize me saying that i should stop saying it i mean if i stop saying it it's gonna be my choice like this is how i grew up this is the things that i heard and if i stop saying it, it's gonna be my choice i mean i've tried to stop cursing i'm just a fucking potty mouth to be honest um but I think that's a crock of shit. You know, PewDiePie shouts nigger. They say, oh, it's just a heated gamer word, a heater, heated gaming gaming moment. But when I say it, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying it in a racist way, but when I say it, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. I can't watch your stream. Like, I just feel like it's a different culture. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about, bro? That shit goofy as hell to me. And that's that goofy shit I be talking about. It's a lack of empathy, a lack of understanding. Everybody want to speak, uh, but don't nobody want to be understood. Um, and I think that's bullshit that companies and these, and these and these companies are bullshit too they say they don't, they don't want to work with these fucking people it doesn't matter bro and fucking people don't want to they say these companies don't want to work with like images that aren't clean but they don't give a fuck as long as you got the numbers they don't give a fuck what you say bro that's bullshit so that's a double standard um and then a double another double i don't know if this is a double standard but sometimes like i feel like 
you're limited on the brand deals that you get based off your skin color. Um, and an example I can give specific specifically is this is like years ago. I got an offer for a brand deal with McDonald's. Um, they came out with like some new chicken sandwich at the time or some shit like that. Um, and fucking McDonald's reaches out. Well, not, it wasn't McDonald's because I don't I don't want to say that it was a McDonald's brand deal, but McDonald's themselves did not reach out to my email. It was a PR company representing McDonald's on their behalf. So the PR company reaches out to me and it was like, hey, McDonald's is looking for clients to represent their new chicken sandwich. Um, could you produce an NBA 2K video promoting the chicken sandwich? And here's some ideas. And I swear to God, I wish I was making this shit up. This bitch told me. <laughs> she was like, so like the idea we had for you was like, maybe you can be eating, go to McDonald's, get the chicken sandwich, and then you could be playing 2K and then, you know, you get like a crazy slam dunk in the game. And then you say, mm mm, McDonald's, you know, crispy new chicken sandwich and NBA 2K. Like, and I'm not gonna lie, the money they offered for me that did for that deal was really good. And I also thought in the back of my head, you know, McDonald's is a, a global brand. Everybody knows who fucking McDonald's is. And I don't even eat McDonald's, but it was tempting to me because it's like it could provide me possibly with some different type of exposure. But I decided not to do it because like, I'm gonna be honest, like that shit was coon shit, bro. I'm not, I'm not gonna sit on my fucking video talking about some, mm-mm, this video is about you by NBA 2K and McDonald's Christmas sandwich, bro. Like, y'all remember the fucking picture of um, Jerry Rice with the helmet and the chicken, the Popeye's drink with the chicken on his fucking, I'm not doing that shit, bro. Um, and honestly, what, well, the reason I bring that story up is I, I felt like that's a limitation based off my skin color. Why the fuck you reach out to me to talk about basketball and chicken sandwiches, bro? You wouldn't ask Tfue to do that goofy ass shit, bro. And that's what I'd be talking about, the double standards and limitations by skin color. That's not every fucking brand deal. But, like, that's something I'll never forget. I'm like, that shit was goofy as hell, bro. And looking back, I'm glad I didn't do that shit. I didn't, I didn't, I don't sell my soul, bro. That's not what we're doing, bro. We, we went, we in it for the long, get, we in it for the long run. Um, we out here to get that real money, you feel me? Um, so hopefully I answered my, your question. That's all I can think of off the top of my head um i'm pretty sure there's double standards well there are double standards for being a woman then being there's also for like being a black woman too there's all different type of double double standards not just in gaming just in life and period um that's all i got on my show notes didn't have any music recommendations honestly have not been listening to anything new but if i do but if there is anything you think i should listen to feel free to tweet it to me at mr underscore i keep it real on twitter um if you're listening to the audio version be sure to head over to youtube.com slash the black hokage and check out the video version be uh, support that if you enjoy the content um and uh yeah that's all i got on my show notes oh if you want to uh, support the show financially be sure to support me at redcircle.com slash hokage thoughts you guys can donate and rate the show five stars on apple podcast um other than that that's all i got on my show notes like I, i've said it like three times and i'm tired of fucking talking my mouth is dry um so i guess i'll see you guys on the next episode of Hokage Thoughts. Thoughts.